and welcome to episode 61 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about Green Fingers. It is the first story from episode 15 of season 2. It was originally aired January 5th, 1971. Rod Serling's script based on an R.C. Cook short story directed by John Badham. And in this case, this is another one of our classic tales and a a ghostly story about a woman with a very unusual skill. Good evening. Please come in. These little object art that you see surrounding me, you won't find in your average art museum because these are unusual paintings in statuary that come to life or death, whatever the case may be, because this is the night gallery. For the horticulturist amongst you, here's a dandy, a lady who plants things and then steps back and watches them grow. Roses, rhododendron, tulips, and things never before to be found coming out of the ground, just put in. The subject of this painting has green fingers. Michael J. Saunders is an industrial tycoon, a man who's made a lot of money in his life, a slightly ruthless man, a winner. He's a man who's going to build a massive industrial complex in New England. There is one person who stands in his way though. Saunders has a nemesis of sorts, a woman called Mrs. Bowen, uh, who's played by Elsie Lancaster. Mrs. Bowen is very much in love with her home. It's a home that's under threat of demolition. But she's not a woman who can be bought at any price. She is uh, a woman who is being... um, Well, her love is her home. It's all she has left after the death of her husband. And she spends the majority of her time growing plants... She's a woman who has very green fingers in her own terms. She, uh, she loves to, 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 pl- to plant to watch grow and she's very skillful at it. For example, she shows Saunders when he arrives to talk to her about selling the house. A, a tree that is growing, which apparently had grown from kindling. This is causing frustration for Saunders because no matter what he offers and how much money... Miss Bowen is not for sale at any price. I'm truly sorry, Mr. Saunders, but this cottage, these flowers and these plants, this you do not get. Good day to you, Mr. Saunders. Saunders is not a man who is used to being refused and it won't take um, no for an answer in this case. He's angry and turns to a, a local thug, basically to to scare the woman out of her home. Um, he she, she said he asks basically, "Am I allowed to do whatever it takes?" And uh, Saunders agrees and says, "Yes, uh, do whatever you whatever you feel you need to do 
so that uh, she is frightened from her home. The fog is a little bit too literal with this. And uh, that night, late that night, the police receive a phone call and have to go to, to the woman's home and see her in shock, planting her own severed finger. The, uh, the fog had gone in, threatened her, and then insisted that she um, leaves the house and then to, to instill in her exactly how forceful he thinks this, he cuts off her finger. Uh, anyway, she, she, she's found in a in terrible state, burying it, still very chatty, explains what's happened, but by the time she's reached the hospital and, and, and under care, uh, she dies through shock and blood loss. Um, it's, you know, it's a terrible shame that a woman who's forced out, who, you know, is, is being wrapped up in this all because, you know, she's stubbornly refused to sell, but, you know, it's a stubbornness based on the fact that, that this is all she has. Um, Saunders uh, shows some, some very true colours at this stage. He returns to, to Bone's uh, garden, the old woman's garden, and um, while he's she, he's there, he he looks at the flowers and, and sees what a great skill she actually has for for growth. She does indeed have green fingers. But then there's a surprise. After a, a, one of his colleagues leaves and he's left alone in the garden, he sees the earth move, and to and and, and to move to, to different sides. Terrified, he realizes that a hand is coming out of the ground and uh, Miss Bowen has actually managed to free herself from the earth. You see, her skill doesn't just lie in letting plants grow, but also her, she's able to being able to reanimate herself through just the severed finger in the earth. She heads back into the house and now in a state of near insanity from fear and panic, Saunders follows her and finds her sitting in a, ch in a chair and she explains to him that his skill indeed is that of green fingers and being able to bring anything back to life, including herself. It's at this final shocking revelation that Saunders' brain finally snaps. Miss Bowen. Mr. Saunders, I have green fingers. Did you know that? Everything I plant grows. Even me. Anybody? You wanna hear the 
funniest thing? <laughs> you know, van de leekhoorn. Mary Oaks Crow. That's a fact. Hmm? <laughs> But you, do you know what grow? From old lady's fingers. Hmm? Old ladies. Old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a real classic, this. Um, very subtle, in a sense. Um, interestingly done, um, you know, through a limited budget. But uh, I think that works to its advantage, in truth. It was filmed early on in the run, along, along with the Lagoda's heads, to be fair. But they, they kind of sat on it and waited on it and put it, to be fair, probably not the best time in the series run. I mean, you know, this is... The, uh, the week after Christmas, I suppose, uh, after, after New Year. I suppose a lot of people are you know, still at home, but uh, it seems odd that they've, they've chosen to, to wait so long until episode 15, considering the strength and quality of the story, if it was already in the can. Um, it is a cracking story. Um, basically, Salem, when he took it, the original R.C. Cook story, um, he, he elaborated, he built on, on quite a simple tale. The R.C. Cook story was um, <clears throat> originally published in another horror anthology, basically. Uh, in this case, it was the uh, third Fontana book of great horror stories, uh, which was published back in 1968. This is a, a book which also gave um, the Night Gallery the Academy, which is another Rod Serling classic story for Night Gallery. Um, really good story but for the rc cook story is interesting because um she uh well it's it's entirely based on miss from miss bowen's point of view and uh the horror comes from um uh well basically from from the idea that she this woman's able to grow anything from the soil including tropical plants and and then again you know she's able to uh cut you know, she cuts, she loses her finger and plants it and buries it in the garden. But uh, there isn't any, you know, antagonism from an outside force. All the horror comes from what would happen if that actually happened, you know, the growth of this monster. And then, you know, obviously there being two widower womans, uh, each fighting for their, uh, their, their, for their homestead. In uh, Salin's case, he's uh, gone for... Um, well, a far more, you know, moralistic tale of uh, Saunders, a man who is only too willing to, uh, in his wish to bulldoze an area, is only too willing to bulldoze a woman out of the way as well. Um, he, but as with a lot of Serlin's work, he's able to give a bit more characterisation to both. There's a speech which I'll play later where um, Saunders basically explains the kind of man he really is uh, a fighter and uh, a man who is who is desperate always to win and i think that works really well within this um, within this story you know within the story because you get far more of a feel for both characters he isn't just a monster and in, and and in that sense when his brain does snap 
you can kind of understand a little bit more why as you know his the repercussions of his actions come home to roost um so that change is really good and i love i mean i love the bone character because you know she's such a classic kind of uh you know the dodgy old woman but stubborn you know which is uh, something that always pops up frequently in fiction but uh always a good character to have i mean you know it's kind of like if um you know, Herbie Goes Bananas, kind of, you know, I don't know if that was the one, but the one, you know, the, that classic story of, you know, the the woman's house and, and big business trying to trying to uproot them. I suppose it's a kind of a classic American tale. And, you know, the work that um, Salem puts into Saunders' character as well to, to, to flash him out as, as a monster. He does do that classic thing of, um, as an auxiliary character, a um, somebody who is also with the business, who basically is is the, is the audience's moral compass a little bit? Who, who are disgusted with exactly the depths the man will will sink to uh, to get what he wants? But on the whole, you know, there's a there's a bit more to it than than just that. Um, I mean, that's obviously helped by the sheer caliber of the actors uh, on display. Uh, Saunders was played by Cameron Mitchell. Um, a brilliant actor, of uh, you know probably best known for the High Chaparral, but uh, since we're we're in Night Gallery territory, I should probably mention the fact that he's in Mario Bravo's Blood and Black Lace as well. And uh, as I mentioned, Elsa Lancaster, who obviously a fantastic actress, um, you know from Mary Poppins, Murder by Death. She she was in she's been in in, in so many great great films uh, and but of course again this being Night Gallery I suppose I should mention the fact that she, she'll always be known as the bride of the of Frankenstein um, as well then um, you know so there's got these great actors um, John Badham manages to he's very brave in terms of some of his directional decisions um, when Saunders' brain snaps. He talks directly to the camera. It's a very close-up shot, as he as as he says about you know what grows from old women, old ladies' fingers are, are old ladies. You know as he, as he finally goes, um, uh, as well. I mean you know the um, you know I think it's one of those things where everything just comes together really well. That the script from from uh, Sterling is very well written. He gives his character some great lines. Uh, obviously, the direction works well, and obviously, it's a great cast. Um, that that builds up to this kind of quite quite grim, shocking ending. Um, the house is unsurprisingly, as we mentioned time and time again, is obviously on the Universal backlot. Like really obviously on the Universal backlot. It's meant to look like New England. It doesn't. It looks like every other house that's in these. Um, you know, it, it it could be two doors down from Lagoda's heads. And a big surprise could be just around the corner. Uh, you know, it, it is obviously where it is, which is a shame. Um, the, the the house doesn't look particularly, although there's meant to be like all these great uh, plants and gar- plants. I think the concept that it should have been a bit more overgrown, but obviously didn't have time to let those plants overgrow. So instead, it's very much a. Um, it's very much you know very very very, you know. Uh, our, our character, Miss Bowen, is, is very much a woman who, <laughs> from the look of it, who uh, who trims her her shrubs a lot rather than just lets them grow. She's a very manicured garden, unsurprisingly, how how freshly painted it's been. Um, 
obviously the house was uh, used for westerns mainly in the past and i think that kind of shows as well but i mean that's less of a problem because it's less ramshackle as it were the budget on the i mean obviously this a lot of this is because of budget and you know time constraints which obviously is something that's always happened in that gallery but on the other hand the budget really helps when it comes to the site of you know when she comes up from the ground it's very simple just earth moving away and a hand coming up and then you know you see when you see miss bone in it you know the new reanimated miss bone she's just basically got mud and, and soil and, and some roots on her and i think that simplicity really helps the horror because it's quite strange and you know it, it's 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 a horrifying idea but i think at its heart it's also quite you know easy to to see and quite a you know and I, I, you know it's it, it could have looked absurd and i think there's an element of absurdity to the horror but uh it doesn't show that much and i think that's really good and uh, i think that's simply because of the simplicity of the makeup um again you know the, the madness that is shown is is basically done by breaking the fourth wall um and also you know just just from the performance of cameron mitchell in terms of uh you know uh, being able to, you know, speak in this like, childlike voice, and it's a simplicity that that works really well. It's not overly showy, and I think that that's a really good thing. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of, I think for me is what what works really well, and I think that's blatantly down to you know Cameron Mitchell's performance, and and also the the way that we learn so much about it about him and the kind of man he is through. Uh, Serlin's brilliant uh, characterising script. When you were a little boy, Mr. Sanders, you must have been very spoiled. You must have gotten everything you asked for, or screamed for. Look, lady. lady, I was never a little boy. When I was eight years old, I worked as a grease monkey in a garage for four bucks a week. I was a hundred pounds of tight skin and bones. Forget that. Now, what I go after, I get. Okay, just um, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, hello to Nick Panhalligan, who uh, I've been chatting to on Twitter. Who is uh, he's, he's pretty new to tonight gallery. He's uh, getting through them, and he's using you know the the um, the podcasts. You know, it's just for a bit of background for the stories that he's enjoying. Um, I don't think he's not up to here yet. So if you do get to this point, Nick, uh, hello and uh, nice to talk to you. Uh, you can, if you want to speak to me as well, you can do. Uh, my Twitter is at orange underscore monkey. It's my private account, so it's locked. But if you say hello, I will say hello back and follow you, and we can have a chat. Um, or you can uh, go to our website, www.twilightzonenetwork.com. Uh, there's links to our Facebook page and our Twitter feed, which is Twilight Zone Net. Uh, they're just it's updates on what's going when when new stuff content goes live on the website. Uh, also, you know the odd bits and bobs and uh, some some interesting articles. Or you can email me at Chris at thetwilightzonenetwork.com. Okay, um, that was quite short actually. I thought I'd be I'd have more to say about um, Green Fingers. It's such a classic episode, but. Uh, uh, hopefully you know you've, you've enjoyed it uh, next week we are talking about the funeral which is a Richard Matheson story which sounds really great but it isn't 
but we will get to that when we get to it uh, next week. So until then, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.